We're grateful to ten of those and Kaleidoscope for sponsoring this season. I've been loving the Kaleidoscope version of Exodus, Finally Free by Will Kastner. From the very start, Kastner gets the tone right and engages his readers by tackling the fact that they might not think that they're up for another church story. But within a few pages, he's given them a Hollywood-style trailer that gets them to the heart of this adventure and gives them a big picture of our mighty God. I love it. Grab a copy at tenofthose.com. Welcome to Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Sarah. I live in the UK. This is my sister Felicity. She is in the States. And today we're in chapters 27 and 28 of Deuteronomy. I feel like, Felicity, we've kind of climbed the mountain and maybe down the other side. What do you think? Yeah, how appropriate to use mountain terminology. We are with mountains today. Yeah, we're possibly still kind of on the the ascent in that this feels like it's a a challenging passage. It's more of an ascent rather than a downhill easy one. Yeah, probably right there. You're probably right. Um, Yorkshire Tea's at the ready. Um, Before we get stuck into it, Felicity, um, we talk a lot on the podcast about seeking to drive the Bible, drive God's word to our hearts. And in fact, Moses does that as well, doesn't he? All three we've seen hold fast with your whole heart. What does the Bible mean when it talks about the heart? Yes, a good question because we do talk about it a lot. And I think that all the way through the Bible, that is what is being spoken about in terms of what God is doing. So as God, through his word, by his spirit, is seeking to change us to be more like Jesus, actually the, the kind of the place in which that happens is the heart. So as we go to God's word, it's not simply that we're seeking to gain information, because I think that's quite tempting, isn't it? We can open mm-hmm. up the Bible and think, I'm going to learn a whole bunch of stuff here about God and what it is to be a Christian. But it's not just information. Actually, God is in the business of changing us to be more like Jesus. And the means by which he do that, does that is through his spirit, by his word, to our hearts, which then impacts every part of who we are. So mm-hmm. what, what do you think? Do you say? Yeah, yeah, all of that. Yeah, the heart in Bible terms is that controlling center. It's the very core of our being, isn't it? In Proverbs 4, um, it's described as, it, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything else flows from it. So it's not just emotion. So I think in our culture, in our language, the heart would be how I'm feeling. But actually in the Bible terms, it's it's the very seat of my will. It's the very seat of my mind and my emotions and my actions and everything flows from it so how extraordinary that god's word would then impact that and shift that and seek to change my heart to be more in line with god's heart that's amazing isn't it yeah and excite like exciting Exciting. really exciting really exciting we want we want it to be that yeah we want it to be that rather than surface level like we want to be deep-seatedly changed in this way yeah. yeah, and this is this is a word that will do that today. So I'm going to so, read. Um, so we're kind of generally today we're in chapters 27 and 28, but I'm actually going to read from chapter 26, verse 16 to the end of chapter 27. The Lord your God commands you this day to follow these decrees and laws. Carefully observe them with all your heart and with all your soul. You have declared this day that the Lord is your God and that you will walk in obedience to him, that you'll keep his decrees, commands and laws, that you'll listen to him. And the Lord has declared this day that you are his people, his treasured possession, as he promised, and that you are to keep all his commands. He has declared that he will set you in praise and fame and honour high above all the nations he's made, and that you'll be a people holy to the Lord your God, as he promised. Moses and the elders of Israel commanded the people, keep all these commands that I give you today. When you have crossed the Jordan into the land the Lord your God is giving you, set up some large stones and coat them with plaster. 
Write on them all the words of this law when you've crossed over to enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. And when you've crossed the Jordan, set up these stones on Mount Ebal, as I command you to do today, and coat them with plaster. Build there an altar to the Lord your God, an altar of stones. Do not use any iron tool on them. Build the altar of the Lord your God with stones from the field and offer burnt offerings on it to the Lord your God. Sacrifice fellowship offerings there, eating them and rejoicing in the presence of the Lord your God. And you shall write very clearly all the words of this law on these stones you have set up. Then Moses and the Levitical priests said to all Israel, be silent, Israel, and listen. You have now become the people of the Lord your God. Obey the Lord your God and follow his commands and decrees that I give you today. On the same day, Moses commanded the people, when you've crossed the Jordan, these tribes shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, Joseph and Benjamin. And these tribes shall stand on Mount Ebal to pronounce curses, Reuben, Gad, Asher, Zebulun, Dan and Naphtali. The Levites shall recite to all the people of the Israel in a loud voice. Curse is anyone who makes an idol, a thing detestable to the Lord, the work of skilled hands, and sets it up in secret. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who dishonours their father or mother. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who moves their neighbour's boundary stone. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who leads the blind astray on the road. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow. And then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who sleeps with his father's wife, for he dishonours his father's bed. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who has sexual relations with an animal. And all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who sleeps with his sister, the daughter of his father or the daughter of his mother. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who sleeps with his mother-in-law. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who kills their neighbour secretly. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who accepts a bribe to kill an innocent person. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Cursed is anyone who does not uphold the words of this law by carrying them out. Then all the people shall say, Amen. Thank you, Sarah. What a chapter. What a chapter. Mm-hmm. We, have, we have everything going on there, don't we? And it's worth saying, so at this point, we have had this kind of full kind of expounding of the law that Moses mm-hmm. has done in the last big chunk. And uh, he, they are then, the people are, are being instructed as to when they go into the land, aren't they? So when they yeah. get into the land, they're to set up these two altars. And that is then big indicator, the law stands in the land as much as when he was saying it just now so I think that's a helpful kind of starting point I love how visual it is I love like as a visual learner myself I love that he's he's kind of expounded the law and he's kind of you know the people have sat and listened and now he's like saying right what you need to do is you see these two mountains in the center of your land this is going to be your massive visual reminder of the law that I've given you and what it is to either obey or disobey that law yes. and i just love how visual it is because that's really powerful so where the mountains were in this land you could see them from anywhere in the land so they're very much at the center of it mm. there was no mistaking these two mountains were what you needed to rem- gaze at and remember the lord by and remember the opportunity for blessing and yeah. then the opportunity for curses because it is really it's really kind of um kinesthetic learning isn't it they're literally (laughs) six tribes go up the one mountain six tribes go up the other they've got to they've got to act out this haven't they and they've got to call out what's going to happen on each mountain that's yeah i know it's interesting isn't it i wonder whether they could hear each other 
from each mountain on a really clear day. <laughs> but interestingly, isn't but what's what's fascinating about it is that the curses are read out and called out on the mountain, but then the blessings aren't. Mm. Are they? So the so these ones that we've just read out just now, they're like called out, and everyone has to say Amen because they're they're saying I agree, and yet the blessings. Then it says they're not called out in the same way that they're, they're kind of talked of, and then they're not laboured to any degree compared to the rest of the curses yeah. and I think that's that's just indicative of where Moses I guess where he sees their hearts isn't it because he knows he knows however good the blessing is it's not going to come to this people yes and I think that's that's a really good point like Moses's pastoral kind of concern for the people is that they're more likely to choose the death route rather than the life mm. route. so he's kind of laying out that route that they're more tempted towards but it's helpful to just to notice um, 26 verses 16 through to 19 we have just lots of covenant language like yeah this is who you are as my people you're his treasured possession as he promised you are to keep all these commands so as covenant people as people who are in relationship with god the rescued people this is what you are to do is to be obedient to this word of life that i've been giving you all the way through so it kind of it's helpful to have that in mind as we then hear this kind of as you say fully kind of declared curses mm. that, that we hear here interesting i thought it was interesting with the, with these curses like um 27 verse 15 and 27 verse 26 it's kind yeah. of like a bookend of don't worship anyone but god again isn't it we've had we've had yeah. this thing about worshiping god um so it seems then that the ones in the middle are then a kind of this is the consequence of if you if you get it wrong in terms of how you feel about god then actually your private life, your domestic life, your marital life, all of these things are gonna are gonna go topsy turvy. Big time. And you get to the point, you know, you get to verse 26, where it says, Cursed is anyone who does not uphold the words of this law. I mean, that in itself, you're kind of left silent, aren't you? Because you know, I know in my heart where I stand with that. And anyone knows, don't they? And and yet they're having to say amen. They're having to kind of agree with this. And you're kind of like, how much are they kind of agreeing under bated breath because they just know their own hearts in that? I think that's really striking. I think it, I think the mountain language is striking as well, isn't it? It's happening on mountains again. Like the law was given on Mount Sinai. We're now here at these Mount Ebal, Mount Gerizim. It's been given. It's been just been given yeah. again to the people, and then the the consequence is laid out for obeying or disobeying the law. Yeah. Well. And- Absolutely. And as we get into um, chapter eight, he kind of goes, he goes big time, doesn't he? Like there's kind of three kind of big volleys of of curses, Mm. I think. And especially we get quite detailed explanation of what it will look like when the people are taken into exile. And we know, you know, if you know Bible history at all, the exile is very real. That is, that does happen. So it's amazing that it's talked about in such detail here and very land orientated. Deuteronomy has been a lot about taking the people into the land, hasn't it? And here we have mm. it just being wound back. And actually, yeah, that is that, isn't it? It's a really big sense of reversal. And you have, that's set up for us in the way that he talks about the blessings at the beginning of chapter 28. This is what you'll be blessed by. This is what will happen in the land. Then that language really is reversed as you get back into chapter 28, verses 16 to 19. That, you know, it's definitely reversed in every way and i feel like maybe there's a bigger reversal going on because we've been talking a bit through deuteronomy about um kind of the kind of fall being reversed and kind of you know them getting to the land and kind of eden being restored in some sense 
And yet this feels like then that's really rolling back again. And at the end, we basically get this picture of Egyptian slavery that they're in. And it's gruesome in every way, isn't it? It really Mm. is. It's it's pitiful. It's it's awful. The language that's used to describe their peril at this point. And oh, and I, I think you can get to this point. You can get to this point and think, "Why is that? Is that really all necessary?" Like this just mm. seems really, as you say, intensely pitiful. And it can. And I think we think we think no way because we're not in. We're not. We're not convinced that sin is really that bad. Like the kind mm. of that. It feels disproportionate, but actually, this is proportionate to the nature of sin, like the, the heart that is not following the Lord and the kind of and that, disorder and chaos yeah, that comes with that. Yeah, exactly. The disorder and chaos. And that is very, like Moses keeps saying that through these curses. Like I've kind of gone through and highlighted in my pink highlighter every time there's a because. And each time it's because you have forsaken the Lord in favour of evil. You've forsaken the Lord in favour of gods who you don't know. And that's been the message throughout Deuteronomy, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. And I wonder whether we just, I think our view, yeah, as you were saying earlier, our view of sin, we just don't have a big enough view of sin. And we know that God is completely just. And so sin must be so awful. Their idolatry must be so awful to merit the consequences that as being appropriately given at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because we've been kind of, you know, we're a bit shocked at how the nations around them who are worshipping different gods get destroyed and all of this. And Mm. actually, we've kind of been watching that happen and then it's coming to bear upon God's people. And we're sort of like, no way. Yeah. But actually, that's exactly what what we deserve as well. And that is the thing, isn't it? The today that we Mm. have, Moses talks about today quite a lot. In many ways, that today is for us now in the sense of we have a similar situation in hand, that we are sinful and today, what do we choose to do? But, <laughs> there's a big but to that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is because we're in Jesus, aren't we? And yet we want to sit with the weight of this while all the while kind of just marvelling at the fact that the New Testament tells us that Jesus has taken that curse for us, that him who was cursed to hang up on a tree, everything, yeah. everything that we're reading here is put on to him for us. And um, I mean, but it leaves you, it leaves me kind of just stopped in my tracks, really, because it you can't quite comprehend the weight of that. Yes. And I think that's, and that's kind of why it's worth sitting in this, isn't it? To feel the weight of our sin, to see that actually on our own, we'd be left mm-hmm. under the curse. But then through being this side of the cross, knowing that he has taken the curse upon himself, we can then hear this, but know that we're not under it. Like that, This is life in Christ means that we then are free of these curses, but that doesn't mean that we're in any way less sinful or any way no. less deserving of this. So I think you get to that point and you're, whoa, it's just such a big sigh of relief. And as you say, a marveling at, at Christ. It's real kind of Galatians 3 kind of stuff, isn't it? This kind of the curse has fully been taken. Like we are not under yeah. this anymore. Yeah. And so, but you kind of, but yeah, it's that tension, isn't it, of sitting in it. So I've been um, 
I'm looking at Ephesians chapter two, trying to kind of memorize a bit a bit recently. And actually, it's good to memorize the fact that by nature, all of us are deserving of this wrath. It's good to keep remembering that because then his mercy is all the sweeter as I remember it, isn't it? Yes. And so as we get to right at the end of the book of Revelation, this just really struck me thinking about um, the kind of curses through the Bible. Um, again, I just used Bible Gateway to just have a quick fl- flick at where it kind of ended. And then Revelation chapter 22, we've got on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. And just that, that tree of life. So as as we gaze at the cross, that is our tree of life that bears the, bears the weight of the curse, the weight of our sin, but also brings us life. You know, we've got these 12 tribes of Israel here kind of de- declaring the blessings and curses on these mountains. But actually, by the cross, we have the healing of the nations and no longer will there be any curse. And I just for me, that's where it's hit home this week. You just actually that. They're, they've been called to look at the mountains. They're, you know, that's their kind of visual reminder of what they're meant to do at this point in Deuteronomy. We're called to look at the cross and we're called to go back there and look and remember that there will be no longer any curse. We have every spiritual, spiritual blessing in Christ because of the cross, because of Christ. And yeah, hooray yes. for that. Yes. <laughs> amen and amen. <laughs> and I think that is it. That's what's happened, I feel, like, as I've been in this passage, is that I've been prompted to look at the cross more. And that's mm. why we need to be in Deuteronomy in order to then see it more and to yeah. want it more and to be pushed there more. Because by default, I kind of like have it in my side view rather than my kind of front full center, like mm. everything hangs on the cross. And I think, yeah, the enormity of it all has just been, it's been a thrill this week to be pushed that direction. Yes, and it's and it, but it's continuing to hold it in tension, so we don't just flatten what we're reading in Deuteronomy, isn't it? Like a bit, you know, we're coming back to what Nancy's been saying as well, isn't it? A few episodes ago, um, we don't want to just flatten what we're reading here because we've been sat in Deuteronomy for a while now, and it's rich and it's good and it's really, really worth being here with the p- people on the plains of the Moab, looking at those two mountains with them. But also, what a privilege we get to gaze past the mountains to. The Mountain of Olives, where that cross stood. Yes. Like, you know, yes. we get to gaze at a mountain. Whoa, I'm just literally like, yeah. Wow, what? Wow, is it, the, the mountain, mountain thing is like, I love that. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, Sarah, yeah. why don't you pray for us um, as we seek to put our gaze to that mountain, the, the, the best mountain? Yeah, love to. Not that these, these aren't good mountains. Oh, no, you're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. No, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to pray. <laughs> Father, thank you. Thank you that this word is here for us. Thank you that we need to sit in this word. We need to hear the full weight of the blessing that comes from obedience to your law and the full weight of the curse that comes for disobedience. Lord, we sit here knowing that we are in peril without the cross. We sit here knowing that we cannot sit under your your judgments on our own. And we just thank you that we get to gaze not at these two mountains here, but we get to gaze at the Mount of Olives, that cross where your glory is most revealed, where the curse is gone forever because of Christ dying for us. We just praise you, praise you for the relief, the the joy that we get to 
get to experience and the the life that we are given because of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Well, this has been great. We're going to be cracking on in the next uh, episode. Looking forward to it. But in the meantime, why not check out our, our website? We have loads of resources on there and to help you get into Deuteronomy and all the other books of the Bible that we've been doing in our seasons, blogs and all sorts there. So do check us out, www.twosistersandacupoftea.com. Look forward to seeing you next time. Indeed. See you next time. Bye. We're so grateful to Kaleidoscope and Tenovos.com for sponsoring this episode.